What does the future hold? Examining biblical doctrines, history, and current events, it's Prophecy Time. Author and Pastor Alan Davis will help you have a better understanding of biblical prophecy. Using the whole counsel of the Word of God, Pastor Davis unapologetically promotes and defends the literal, personal return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now with today's Prophecy Time message, here's Alan Davis. My name is Alan Davis, and I'm thrilled to death that you are with us today. We are live today, Thursday, September the 28th, 2023, in New York City, in the borough of the Bronx. I am a minister and preacher of the simple gospel message of Jesus Christ, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of the great coming king, as God loves the entire world. Talking about this love, Jesus said this in a very famous verse in John chapter 3, starting with verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this, Jesus said in verse 19, is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Going back to verse 17, notice that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Are you an individual today who has been saved by the grace of God? Have you tasted the power of the world to come? Our It's Prophecy Time message today is entitled Six Facts About the Antichrist, Part 4. Loving the world and many antichrists precede the revealing of the antichrist who is still to come. Talking about this, let us read again 1 John chapter 2, starting with verse 15. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world, 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist, here we have a clear-cut statement about the Antichrist, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. If you have a prayer request today, we do have someone here on the phone at 646 314-3625, an individual who can pray with you and who can pray for you. That number again is 646-314-3625. That Antichrist shall be revealed. And over the last three days. This is going to finish up our four-part series on the Antichrist. We saw a couple of days ago his prosperity, number one, his prosperity, Daniel eleven thirty-six, talking about this willful king shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Number two, we saw his partners, the false prophet. One verse we saw, Revelation 16, 13. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast. There's the Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. So here we see those two individuals closely connected. Number two, his second partner was the EU. In Daniel 7, 24, talking about that fourth beast or the Roman Empire, in verse 24, it says that out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another, there's the Antichrist, shall arise after them. This other one, he has a body that is given to the burning flame when the Son of Man comes in the clouds of heaven. And these ten horns or ten kings interpreted here are also found in Revelation 17, 17. And they agree and give their kingdom, not their religion, but their kingdom unto the beast. So here we see the beast or the Antichrist very closely connected to this, these ten EU nations. Number three, Satan, Lucifer, and Isaiah chapter 14, is very closely connected to the 
king of Babylon here in this chapter as he is not given a burial at the return of Jesus Christ. So he is very closely connected to the devil. And then, of course, Babylon, he carries the Babylonian woman in Revelation chapter 17. We saw also over the last couple of days his power, such as found in Revelation 13, 4. They worship the dragon back in chapter 12, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which gave power unto the beast. So here we see the beast or the Antichrist empowered by the devil. And really my favorite passage talking about the power of the devil, we could say even we're heading toward the day of Satan's rule. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 8, the Bible, the word of the living God says, And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that, that they might be saved, that they might be saved. Number four, we were not able to really explain this very well yesterday, but let's look again at this position of the Antichrist. Notice in our 77s of Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, that he shall confirm the covenant or this treaty with many for one week or one seven period of 2,520 days. And in the midst of the week or in the midst of this seven, here we have the midpoint of the tribulation period. He shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease because he invades the nation of Israel and overthrows, in Revelation 11, the city of Jerusalem. Now, if we turned over to Psalm 55, verse 20, we see that he hath broken his covenant. And if we were to compare this verse, Psalm 55, verse 20, to Isaiah 33, 8, we see the broken covenant again. He breaks the covenant at the midpoint, causing the devastation of world civilization to come about. Now notice this, verse 8, Isaiah 33, 8. The highways lie waste. People can't drive on the streets anymore. The wayfaring man ceaseth. No more traveling from country to country. He hath, why? He hath broken the covenant. He hath despised the cities. He regardeth, the Antichrist regardeth no man. Now, if we go back to the first verse in Isaiah 33, we see this treacherous dealing or the breaking of this covenant. He confirms the covenant. He signs the covenant with many, including the nation of Israel. And then he breaks the covenant. And there is there a treacherous dealing. Now, notice what it says in Isaiah 33, 1. 
Woe unto thee that spoilest, and that was not spoiled. And dealest treacherously, and they dealt not treacherously with thee. When thou shalt cease to spoil, thou shalt be spoiled. And when thou shalt make an end to deal treacherously, they, talking about all these nations of the world with their mighty expert arrows, shall deal treacherously with thee. Now, one of our minor texts on Babylon is Isaiah 21. And notice what it says here in verse 2. A grievous vision is declared unto me, the treacherous dealer. Here's one of the names of the Antichrist. He is the treacherous dealer, dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. And then if we turn over to the book of Habakkuk, one of our main texts on Babylon, our third main text, the entire book of Habakkuk, here in chapter 1, verse 13, it talks about this treacherous dealing. Notice this. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked, talking about these Babylonians, devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? So here we have the nation of Israel, I do believe, saved by the midpoint of the tribulation period, and we have a wicked Babylon overcoming a righteous Israel in that context. Number five, his place. His place. Going back to the book of Habakkuk, chapter one, verse six, declares this for lo, I raise up the Chaldeans that bitter and hasty nation. So here we see Babylon spoken about as a nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. In chapter 2, verse 5, it makes an interesting statement about this proud man, the Antichrist here spoken about as the proud man. Yea, also, because he transgresseth by wine, he is a proud man. Notice this, neither keepeth at home. So here's talking about his home. And in Isaiah 14, it talks about his land. So we see in the book of Habakkuk, his nation, the nation of the Antichrist. He doesn't keep home. He doesn't stay at home because he's in the city of Jerusalem claiming to be God, who, who enlargeth his desire as hell and is as death and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations and heapeth unto him all people. And if we go back to Isaiah chapter 14, he is there ruling the nations in anger. We could call the Antichrist the angry man. Now, our six major texts on Babylon, and by the way, as we study Babylon of the future, I would have to say, according to my opinion, is that it is not one verse in the Bible 
and then we're over here to these extra biblical books. But the Bible is sufficient. The Bible texts, the parallel passages of the destruction of Babylon will give us insight as to what this Babylon is. Our first major text of Babylon is Isaiah 13 and 14. And as I said there a moment ago, there in Isaiah chapter 14, he has destroyed his land. It is swept with the besom or the broom of destruction. The Antichrist, who is spoken about as the king of Babylon, has brought destruction upon his land in Isaiah 13 and 14 in the context of the return of Jesus Christ. Number two, Isaiah 47, the Lady of Kingdoms, equals Babylon. God gives his people into her hand as she shows them no mercy, and then desolation comes upon her. Suddenly, this is Babylon, the destruction of Babylon. There's one destruction of Babylon in the Bible, and that is still future. Babylon is destroyed in the last vile judgment in Revelation 16. Jesus Christ comes back immediately after that destruction. Jesus Christ comes at the Battle of Armageddon. Babylon is destroyed immediately prior to that coming. And here we see in Isaiah 47, desolation coming upon her suddenly, the book of Habakkuk. In chapter 2, we see chapter 1, the invasion of Babylon. Chapter 3, the coming of Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, the millennial kingdom hinging upon this fiery destruction. All of their labor was not vanity. It was very vanity. This is really bad. And then Isaiah 17 and 18, as they are marching to the battle of Armageddon, the nation shall rush, but God is going to rebuke them. And then we see the robbers of Israel are not. They've been wiped out. Jeremiah 50 and 51, two of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible, 27 times here in these two chapters. Babylon is spoken about as being a land. A fire, chapter 50, verse 32, is kindled in her cities, devouring all. And there's only one fiery destruction of Babylon as she becomes a burnt mountain in chapter 51, verse 25. A burnt kingdom. The entire land has been burned up by these mighty expert arrows. And then our last text, which, of course, is very important, Revelation 15, 1 to Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. And in this text, we certainly need to understand all of these different events that we will also see in the parallel passages. So here we see his place. We see a land in the parallel passages, not in the book of Revelation. But in the book of Revelation, we see great Babylon and the city of Babylon, great and mighty. And the only great and mighty city of Babylon that there ha ever has been, that has ever been, has been the historical one. It fell. It was great and mighty, 
but it fell in the historical context. And in the modern day context, there is no great and mighty city of Babylon, but there is a land, a nation, a kingdom in the parallel passages of the destruction of Babylon. Isaiah 13 and 14, Isaiah 47, the book of Habakkuk, Isaiah 17 and 18, Jeremiah 50 and 51. In these texts, in these parallel passages, we see a land, a nation, a kingdom. And if we can, and I believe it's easy to do, and we'll be doing it in the future, if we can locate this land in the Western Hemisphere, we are going to start to be able to see much, much better. Much, much better. And let's get to our last point here, his pulverizing, the defeat of the Antichrist. Spoken about in three major texts, if we have time to look at all of them here before we leave you today, I'm glad that you are with us. Try to come over to visit us. Our church is meeting in a new location, the Bartow Mall, 2049 Bartow Avenue, room 28 in the lower level. If you're looking at it from the street, enter in through the rear left-hand corner through the art gallery, and you'll be able to find us. But his pulverizing, the defeat of the Antichrist, We're going to go over to Revelation 19, starting in verse 19. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gather together to make war against him that sat upon the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all fowls were filled with their flesh. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we see the defeat of the Antichrist again, starting in verse 7. We'll pick up there. For the mystery of iniquity, sin is at work in society today, doth already work. Only he who now letteth or restrains will let or will restrain till he, the Holy Spirit, be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord, here it is, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Here's talking about his coming, the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ defeats the beast. And then thirdly, Daniel 7, 11. And I beheld the Antichrist spoken about here as the horn, the little horn, the horn. Uh, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body. Here, Daniel 7, 11 talks about his body being destroyed and given to the burning flame. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, and you believe the simple gospel message that he died, was buried, rose again from the dead, bow your head in repentance and prayer and pray something like this. Dear God, I am a sinner, but I accept you now as my personal Savior. Amen. Yes, today, we're certainly glad that you're with us. Um, If you would like for somebody to pray for you and with you, call 646 
314-364-3625. God bless you today. Kevin McCullough is next. We're glad that you were able to tune in. Don't forget, it's prophecy time. Monday through Friday, or at least right now, Monday through Friday, 2.30. God bless you. Thank you for listening to It's Prophecy Time with Pastor Alan Davis. Generous listeners like you make the airing of this program possible. Contributions are greatly appreciated. Write to It's Prophecy Time, care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Here's the address again. It's Prophecy Time, care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Join us again for the next scheduled program of It's Prophecy Time.